This morning's reading is the whole of 3 John, which can be found on page 1230 in the Church Bible. The elder to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Dear friends, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Dear friends, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. Please send them on their way in a manner that honours God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought, therefore, to show hospitality to such people so that we may work together for the truth. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will not welcome us. So when I come, I will call attention to what he is doing, spreading malicious nonsense about us. Not satisfied with that, he even refuses to welcome other believers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. Dear friends, do not imitate what is evil but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone and even by the truth itself. We also speak well of him, and you know that our testimony is true. I have much to write you, but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace to you. The friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there by name. If you'd like to uh, keep your Bibles open to that tiny little letter of 3 John. I would imagine that when Gaius received this letter from John, that he was encouraged because it's a letter full of encouragement. Basically, it's saying, you're doing a good job, Gaius. Keep on doing that. And to have such a letter from the Apostle John must have really helped Gaius in his ministry, whatever he was doing for the Lord with serious problems round about him. So it's a good um, little letter. Blink and you've missed it. It's so short, isn't it? It's right at the end of our Bibles. And seldom do we hear sermons on 3 John. In fact, I don't think in my almost 50 years of Christian life, I've actually heard a sermon on 3 John. And though I've read it many, many, many times, it was a real joy to study for it in preparation for this sermon. It's a rich little letter. There's so much there to learn. And in 3 John, we meet three people, three very interesting people, two good and one not quite so good. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that as we hear it, there are times when you speak through it. And we pray that this morning that might be one of those times. Open our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. 
Anoint my lips to speak in such a way that it's as though we're speaking the very words of God. And Lord, help us not only to hear and to speak and, and to believe it, but to do it. Help us to put into practice what we hear, to walk in the truth, and thus to please you and honor you, our great and almighty God. Amen. Um, 3 John is a personal letter. It's a letter to an individual. And as we've already found out, the individual's name is Gaius. Gaius obviously was close to John. Four times he refers to him as my friend, my dear friend in verses 1, 2, 5, and 11. You might have seen that as we heard the reading. And in this short letter, as I've said, we get to know three people. Firstly, Gaius, who the letter is written to. Second, Diotrephes. And finally, Demetrius. So let's look at this letter together and meet these people and hopefully learn something from them. It starts off, as, as most letters do in, in traditional New Testament times, with a greeting. Verses 1 and 2 are a greeting. And it says who it's from, who it's to, and then this lovely warm greeting, a personal greeting to Gaius. It's from, in verse 1, we see the elder. The elder, it starts off, doesn't it? Verse 1 there, the elder. Why doesn't it say John? Why doesn't John just say, it's from John? Why, why do we have this elder? And I think there are many reasons, and as you read the commentaries, there are, there are plenty of reasons. But, but the probable one is that he was known and he was loved as the elder. This is written very late on in, in the New Testament times. John is the only one that's left of the original apostles and disciples. He is elderly by nature, but he is a Christian statesman. He is highly regarded, deeply respected by the church. He's still going. He's still there. He's still ministering. He walked with the Lord. He saw the miracles. He was one of the three. He was there for the transfiguration. He was known and respected and loved as the elder. So, so when Gaius got this letter, he said, I've had a letter from the elder. That, that's, that's what it would have been. And they referred to John as the elder. His authority, his status in the church were unquestioned. He was the elder. Last century, there was a, a very famous Christian preacher. His name was Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. Some of you know of Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. His sermons were legendary. His series on Romans is phenomenal. If ever you've got a spare few months, plow your way through the Doctor's series on Romans. They are superb. His preaching was amazing. You can listen to them on YouTube. There are hundreds and hundreds of his sermons that have been put on the internet. As a youngster, can I warmly recommend that you read and hear Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. He was referred to as the doctor. So whenever you spoke about, have you read the doctor series on Ephesians or Martin, you wouldn't say Martin Lloyd-Jones's series. Have you, have you read the doctor's new book of sermons? That's what he was referred to. And a few, about a year ago, I was at a meeting and we were talking about the doctor. And one of the youngsters there said, who is this doctor that you're talking about? And it was quite a shock to us older ones. They didn't know who the doctor was. But he was always referred to as the doctor. 
as I'm sure John was referred to as the elder. That's who the letter is written from. And, and because of that, it just gives it a special richness. It's written from the elder. This is from John, the apostle. Therefore, it's wonderful. It's rich. It's glorious. Who is it to? It's to Gaius, my dear friend whom I love in the truth. What a lovely greeting, isn't it? My dear friend Gaius. Who was Gaius? We don't really know. But the elder writes to him in such affection, my dear friend whom I love in the truth. Gaius is a brother and a friend of the Apostle John. We don't know who Gaius was. And there are a few Gaiuses in the New Testament, but it's hard to know which, if any, he was. Gaius was a very common name. If you were walking in, in, in the New Testament times in the marketplace and you shouted out, Gaius, half a dozen or more people would turn around and go, yeah, it was a very, very common name. There were lots of Gaiuses about. And then in verse 2, we have that, that lovely warm greeting. John prays that his dear friend may enjoy good health and general well-being, that all may go well with him. What a lovely prayer, isn't it? We can pray that for people. We can use that as a basis for some of our prayers, that they might enjoy good health. Nothing wrong with praying for somebody to have good health and that all may go well with them. So the next section of the letter, we, we meet Gaius in verses 2 to 8. What can we learn from these verses about Gaius? The first thing we learn in verse 2 is that he was spiritually healthy. He was spiritually healthy. John says there in verse 2 that all may go well with you even as, you, as your soul is getting along well. We, we seldom ask one another nowadays, don't we? How is it with your soul? I remember as a young Christian many years ago, that was quite a common thing from, a, from an elderly person. You said, Phil, how, is it, how are you getting on? How is it with your soul? Occasionally you get, answer, you get asked that, don't you? Sometimes I ask that to my brothers. How is it with your soul? And it just opens up sometimes. How, how are you spiritually? Because as with our physical nature, we can be well or ill. We ask somebody, how are you? Well, I'm just not feeling too good today. I'm not, not too well. Or Yeah, I'm, I'm in fine health and so on. We, we, so it is with our spiritual nature. This, this new life that we're born into as Christians, we can be well... Or we can be ill, we can be not well. Gaius was well. It was getting along well with his soul. Now, sadly, some Christians, they're never really well spiritually. They kind of exist in the Christian life. They just like kind of drag themselves along. They, they endure the Christian lives, but, but they're never really well in their souls. They, 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 they're not enjoying the fellowship that we can have with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, a, it's just a bit of a struggle. It's a bit of a drag. Like some people you meet in life and, you know, you know here they come. Oh, no. How are you? Well, it's been a very difficult week. It, th th that's what it is. Oh, here we go. How nice, isn't it, sometimes to meet brothers and sisters? And how are you? Well, do you know what? God is so good. I'm rejoicing in the Lord. We, we, we said that catechism together. Boy, that is good truth. That's us. That relates to us. Our strength is in Christ. It's solid. It's secure. We, we can be well in our spirits, and we should be as Christians. How is it with your soul? 
this morning? How is it with your soul? Physically, you might be oh, struggling. As we get older, you do struggle with illness and stuff. But how is it with your soul? Can we, we say with the hymn writer, remember that lovely hymn? It is well. It is well with my soul. And, and the verses of that hymn speak of the difficulties and the problems and the storms. But it is well. It is well with my soul. So Gaius was spiritually healthy. Secondly, Gaius lived out his Christian profession. And we see that in verses 3 and 4. He not only talked the talk, but he walked the walk of his new life in Christ. And it was obvious to others. And, and surely that's probably one of the reasons why it was well with his soul, because he was walking the path the Christian walk that was marked out for him. And, and sometimes, when it's not well with our souls, it's because we're not doing what we should be. It's not because, it's because we're not walking in the path that's marked out for us. He was a faithful Christian. He walked in God's ways. The third thing we learn about Gaius, and in verses 5 to 8, is that he loved and served other Christians. And here in these verses, we learn that he had welcomed visiting Christians to either his home or his church. And these visitors were probably traveling missionaries. And he welcomed them into his home and he showed them hospitality and kindness. And, and these traveling missionaries were, were quite a part of the first century church. They were teachers, they were preachers, they were evangelists going from church to church teaching the gospel, teaching the apostles, teaching. And maybe they were sent out from John because John was aware of what was going on. And they'd returned and reported back to John. And what they reported back was, was of Gaius's love and his hospitality and his faithfulness and his generosity. So in this letter, John is saying, well done, Gaius. That's, that's right, that's good. What you've done in showing hospitality to these visitors is spot on. Good man, Gaius. It pleased the Apostle John that here was his dear friend Gaius doing what he should be done. So, so Gaius is a good Christian role model. What kind of Christians does God want us to be? He wants us to be like Gaius. And there's one or two things there that we can to bring into our lives. But what about the next person we meet, Diotrephes? Was he a good role model? Not in the slightest. Diotrephes was an absolute pain in the neck. He was a difficult, difficult man. So verses 9 and 10, let's have a look at Diotrephes. What a troublemaker he was. It seems that he was a leader of some sort in the church. Perhaps he and Gaius were working together in the same church. We don't know. But unlike Gaius, he was unwelcoming. And we see that in verse 9. He was unwelcoming to John's approaches. John had written to him, but he had ignored the letter or whatever. And he was unwelcoming to the visiting Christians. And his behavior was such that it required discipline. John was going to come and administer discipline to this man, Diotrephes. So what was it about this man that makes him such a bad example? And causes such disappointing words from, from John, who was a very gracious, loving leader in the church. The first thing we learn about Diotrephes was he was proud. He was self-willed. We see that in verse 9. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, 
who loves to be first. He loved to be first. He loved to be in the public eye. He liked being seen as important. He liked to be at the helm rather than on the oars. Perhaps he found the visiting Christians and the old apostles' letter a bit of a threat to his authority. That's why he wasn't welcoming to them. There is a a supernatural humility in good Christian leaders. They don't very often think much of themselves, but they think much of the Christ that they're serving and the God that they love. A good Christian leader is one who points not to himself, but to the Lord, because he knows that in his heart dwells no good thing, but the Lord in him dwells everything, all our strength and power. Good Christian leaders never push themselves forward to the front. They don't love to be first. They're very happy very often to be last. Let the Lord be preeminent. Let the Lord be first. Sadly, there are no shortages of diatrophies in the church today. And there have been no shortage of diatrophies down through the ages. Read church history. There they are, scattered through the pages of the books of church history. It's just the way it is. We'll never rid the church of diatrophies. We have to learn to live with them and to be as gracious and kind as we can. But there needs to be discipline too. They self-publicize. They love to have their faces on the front of their books and their publicity. Self is celebrated in our culture, isn't it? The 21st century is quite strange in many ways because self is, 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 is the God. We, we love self. I'm worth it is, is the slogan, isn't it, of, I don't know, one of the, the, the makeup companies. I'm worth it. I'm, I'm, and, and it's all about me. I've got to have some me time. I've got to promote self and love self. We've got to love ourselves. And self is a deadly enemy of the Christian leader. Pride, selfish ambition, and self are like water to the spiritual fire. Good Christian leaders that we've known, even in our generation, what is it that that downs them very often? It's pride. It's selfish ambition. It's self. We need to pray for our Christian leaders that they don't fall to pride, to self, but they keep their eyes upon the Lord. Diotrephes had lost the plot. So Diotrephes was, was selfish and he was proud. And in verse 10... And one thing leads to the other. We, we see that he was a gossip and a slanderer. He didn't control his tongue. He was spreading malicious nonsense about John and others. He belittled them. He spread rumors about them. He sowed seeds of discord. He, he was a nasty piece of work, wasn't he, this diatrophies? Yet there he was in the church or some kind of leadership role. Can it get worse? Yes, sadly, it can. In verse 10, we see the same. He turned people away from the church. Anyone who opposed him, he threw them out. He didn't like these traveling missionaries, so, so he didn't welcome them. And he got angry with those who did welcome them. Perhaps he got angry with Gaius. So Gaius must be feeling mixed. Hence, John's letter must have been such an encouragement. Gaius, what you did was right. Those traveling missionaries are good guys. Thank you for welcoming them. And I'm going to sort out diatrophies when I come. Was Diotrephes a Christian at all? You've got to ask that question. There he is in the church, some kind of leadership role. Was he a Christian? 
John doesn't say, but verse 11 gives a bit of a clue. John says to dear Gaius, he said in verse 11, do not imitate what is evil, having spoken about diatrophies, but imitate what is good. Sometimes we get people in the church who who do bear quite a resemblance to Diotrephes. We've all known them, haven't we, from time to time. And they, like our man here, can be quite nasty and quite difficult. And sometimes they get themselves into positions of leadership or control. And when they do, they empty the church. Slowly but surely, the church is emptied. Who would want to be in a church led by Diotrephes? Oh, what a misery, what a difficult man he was. Stand against him, dare to say, not sure you're quite right about that. Out, out, nobody disagrees with me. The Christ-like Christian, thankfully, bears the fruit of love. And let's just remind ourselves what that fruit of love is. It's, It's patient. It's kind. It's not envious. It's not boastful. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It isn't self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It doesn't delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. It protects. It trusts. It hopes. It perseveres. It never fails. That's 1 Corinthians 13, description of what love is. Diotrephes lacked love, didn't he? This wonderful, supernatural, agape love that is a fruit, not of us doing really, really well, but is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. This should be coming out in all of our lives. This this agape loves. Diotrephes lacked love. This wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit. This working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Let's not seek to be like Diotrephes. But what of the third person that we meet here in verse 12? Demetrius. Just a little tiny snippet of this man, Demetrius. Was he the the bearer of this letter? Some people think he was. Was he one of the the, the missionaries that had come? Who knows? But Demetrius is just mentioned. And Demetrius is obviously coming into the church because John says, welcome him too. He's a good guy, Demetrius. Demetrius. Is he an ancient relative of our own dearly loved youth minister, Dimitriou? Maybe he was. He bears great resemblance to dear Stephen. Stephen's not here, so we can, we can blow his trumpet a bit. That he's a good guy. He's highly respected and loved by the church. So here's another good guy that we can, we can set as a role model. What do we learn about Demetrius? He was well spoken of by everyone. He was liked. He was loved. He was respected. He was a blessing to the church of God. Not that all Christians, all good Christians, are well spoken of by everyone. And if if we're seeing that as as the litmus test, as it were, of our worth in the church of God, that's not a good litmus test because some of the best and the greatest of Christians are certainly not well spoken of by other so-called Christians or very much by the world. The Lord Jesus, the apostles, the faithful, godly Christian workers down through the millennia have often been slandered and hated by the religious leaders of their day, and they still are. The godly Christian leader will face opposition. It's just what you do. Pray for Nick. He will face opposition as he seeks to do God's work. Here at Bishop Hannington, 
he will face it. And it's difficult. He's human too, like us. Pray for strength, godly strength, God-given strength. But as he does God's work, then let's speak well of him too. Let's not be like Demetrius spreading rumors, but let's, he's a good guy. We're so thankful to God for him and, and so on. Let's encourage him and his family in that. So Demetrius was well spoken of by everyone. Secondly, Demetrius, like Gaius, he walked the walk. He walked in the truth. He was a faithful, obedient Christian. He did what he should do. He walked by the laws of God. We should do that too, not because we have to, but because we love to. God's laws should be written in our hearts. We want to do them. We delight to do them. And when we do, we're walking in in the walk with God. We're knowing fellowship with Christ. So Demetrius walked the walk. Thirdly, Demetrius had the commendation of Christian leaders. We also speak well of him, said John. And you know that our testimony is true. If anybody is going to be speaking the truth, it's the Apostle John, isn't it? That if I'm speaking well of Demetrius... He's a good guy. He's fine. And to have the backing and approval of, of that well-respected apostle of John was good enough in anyone's books, except Diotrephes, of course. Christian organizations of all types seek the advice of respected Christian leaders when taking candidates or new members of staff. It's a wise and sensible thing to do, this person's applied, what do you know of them? What do you think of them? They go to the churches and speak to the church elders. What do you think of them? I'm sure when dear Daniel was being interviewed that um, Calvary Evangelical Church came to Phil or somebody, come on, how is Daniel? He's a good guy. He's okay. You're fine. You'll do well with Daniel. And so on. That's what you do. That's a sensible good thing to do. Maybe you as a Christian are thinking of going into Christian work or serving the Lord in some way then you will be, it will be asked of you, what do your leaders think of you? How are you with them? Are you going to be like a Demetrius? Well spoken of. I hope so, by all. So that brings us to, to, to the, almost the end of this little letter. You can see what's going on there. And it's verse 13. And John says these beautiful things. He said, it's been good to write, and it's important to write, but far better to talk face to face. I long to see you. Gaius, I long to talk through some things face to face. And yeah, it's good to send emails. It's good to send texts and messages and letters. It's good to do all these things in, in communication. But face to face talking, even though it might not be so easy, it's best by far. A lovely little face to face. We speak not only with our words, we speak with our eyes. We speak, we call it body language, don't we? It's lovely sometimes just to be with people. There is just another level entirely. And, and John is saying there, come on, let, let's, let's speak face to face. And that must have been a delight for John. And it must have been an even greater delight for Gaius when that finally came about. So, and then the final thing is, is the greetings at the end. Peace to you. Peace to you. God's wonderful heart peace. And greet all the friends there by name. It's a personal thing. Our Christian faith is a very personal thing. We are family. We are greet the friends there by name. Is it, what, a, what a great little letter, isn't it, that we can um, learn from. So, good, we're doing all right for time. What, what, what can we um, 
learn from this message. I think we've seen three examples of good people. Imitate them. Imitate Gaius. Imitate um, Demetrius. But don't imitate. Don't imitate Diotrephes. Diotrephes was a bad work. And, and, and sometimes we, we can see people, we can see ourselves in those, can't we? Hopefully we can see ourselves as Gaiuses and so on. But we need to see, to, to pray that God would make us to be a good Gaius. And if we see, honestly, maybe the Lord is pointing a finger and I, do you know what? There's a bit of Diotrephes in me this morning. Then what, what can we do about it? Then we need to repent and say to the Lord, yeah, there's a bit of diatrophies in me. I am so sorry. I don't want to be like that. Lord, I repent. I turn away from that behavior. I turn away from those ungodly words that I've spoken. And I turn afresh to you. Forgive me. Help me to live a good life. May God make us, as a church fellowship, a church of Gaius, a church of, of Demetrius, to the glory of God and to the praise of God of his name. He's able to do that. He's able to do far more than all we can ask or imagine. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your power and your mercy and grace and pray because you are a powerful, loving, mighty God that you would cause us all to reflect not only Gaius and Demetrius but to reflect the Lord Jesus Christ. May your spirit so dwell in our hearts that we are filled with that, that love, that agape love that is so beautiful and so good. May we welcome visitors. May we welcome strangers in your name and bring glory to your, to your glorious name. Amen.